I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Looking for a way to support The Dinner Party Show? A percentage of any purchase you make through a buy link on thedinnerpartyshow.com will allow us to keep bringing you the show free of charge. If you're an Amazon customer, head to thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the Amazon Gold Box located in the lower left-hand corner of every page of our site. Do this, and a percentage of each purchase you make at Amazon during that shopping session will support our continued operation. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another episode of The Dinner Party Show. You are listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I'm Jenny Johnson, and I'm a bell enthusiast. I went to a marvelous party. Don't even know the facts. They go with their gut, and the only thing your gut cares about is money. Christopher? This is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine. You first, Eric. Live from the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show. The Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, no, no. We're going to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. <laughs> Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through thedinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen, by way of the... Get out of my office! It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric! Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show's livecast for April 5th, 2015. And tonight we will not be discussing the fact that Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton eats birthday cake every day to distract himself from the fact that he can't execute gay people like they do in Iran. That's nice. Aside from stirring memories of that old Twilight Zone episode in which every day was Anthony's birthday, (laughs) the senator's remarks earlier this week were apparently an attempt to give gay people perspective about new religious discrimination laws that allow bigoted business owners to refuse service to people they might think are gay or who might look gay or who may someday turn gay after a few beers we don't really know. Right. 
And then later, after saying laws that discriminate against gays in the U.S. were not a big deal because we don't execute gay people here like they do in Iran. That's great. I feel much better. The senator attempted to humanize himself by telling an interviewer he eats birthday cake every day. All fixed. Senator Cotton, we realize in this new anti-intellectual <laughs> Tea Party era, the only thing you need to do to become a rising star in the Republican Party is be a semi-articulate jackass with no moral <laughs> compass. But we'd like to point out that the chicken fried hate society already has a president. Uh-huh. His name's Mike Huckabee, right. and he's not going to be yielding the floor to you anytime soon. So why don't you stick to the birthday cake in your home state and leave the nationally televised gay bashing to Governor Chick-fil-A? Well, I think he's from his home state. They can fight it out. <laughs> it won't be by the end of it. One of them will get exiled to Tennessee. Right? I'm sorry, you have to go to Tennessee now. <laughs> I love Tennessee. With the moderates. <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, we were left speechless at Entertainment Weekly's decision to call last week's cover girl, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the greatest comic actress of our time. Really? Is Carol Burnett dead? How is Betty White feeling? Did Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Melissa McCarthy, and Kristen Wiig take early retirement? Nothing against Julia, but the greatest? She's not even the oldest. We can only assume that E.W. was being ironic or through Julia's vast family wealth, she just bought the magazine and put herself on the cover. Mm. Either way, all we can think to suggest is that what with starring in an endless stream of television sitcoms that we've never watched, perhaps Julia is the most persistent comic actress (laughs) of our time. But that's really all we can think to say. (laughs) Also not being discussed tonight, Sergeant Billy L. Spears. Okay. The Texas State Trooper, who just wait for it, it's not that long a walk. Okay. The Texas State Trooper who has been sent to counseling for taking a photo with Snoop Dogg. That's a counseling thing? Billy Spears was working security at a South by Southwest event in Austin last month when Snoop Dogg, I repeat, when Snoop Dogg right. asked to take a photograph with him. Wow. And then posted it on his own Instagram account with the caption, Cool. Me and my deputy dog. Excellent. Followed by an emoji of a gun. Oh, dear. Spears' employer asserts that he shouldn't have agreed to pose for the photo given Mr. Dog's past convictions for drug possession. Sergeant Spears asserts yeah, that's why. he was unaware of Mr. <laughs> Dog's criminal record. And if you look at the picture, it kind of looks like he's generally unaware of who Mr. Dog even is. I haven't seen this picture. That said, what type of counseling is this going to be? Right? A crash course in the great rap artists of the late 90s? <laughs> Hip-hop 101 for white law enforcement officers? This sounds more like a courses at the learning annex than something the Texas State Troopers should be getting involved in. At any rate, we're not talking about it, and we're not posing for any pictures with Snoop Dogg anytime soon. Unless he asks, of course. Right, because who says no to Snoop Dogg? I wouldn't. I'm sorry, Mr. Dogg, I, I can't take a picture with you because you're a formerly convicted drug addict. Like, really? Yeah, I also yeah. don't, think I don't see that going well. Mr. Dog, but whatever. <laughs> I, 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 My I, flourish. <laughs> I will from now on. Okay. All right. We also find ourselves moved to reverent silence here at the Dinner Party Show. It's Easter and Passover with a full blood moon eclipse on the side. (laughs) So in traditional observance of this holy event, network television will pull out all the stops to exploit this most sacred day on the Christian calendar. CNN will be trying to locate Jesus. We hope they have better luck than they did with that Malaysian airliner. (laughs) 
The History Channel will be counting down the top ten commandments in their Bible marathon. Despite rain delays, the Pope and ABC hosted live Easter services, Turner Classics is going with Godspell, and The Greatest Story Ever Told... I didn't know Godspell was a movie. There will, of course, be the traditional Easter Mad Men and Outlander marathons. The Salem Witch Wars premieres tonight. <laughs> so Easter. And I love ABC it. will pry the Ten Commandments from the gun enthusiast Charlton Heston's cold, dead hands. <laughs> but NBC has gone all out with the Bible, AD, the second greatest story ever told. <laughs> We don't really know much about this version of this familiar story, except that Survivor producer Mark Burnett and his touched-by-an-angel wife, Roma Downey Sr., are making a network spectacle of themselves. Mm -hmm. Their six-month-long personal promotional tour of the project culminates tonight, God willing, giving us all something to be thankful for in that it means that the rest of us will not be forced to listen to the two of them tell us how hungry we all are for the kind of deeper spiritual connection that only TV miniseries can provide. <laughs> we don't know who's starring in the Bible Spectacular. We don't know who directed. We don't know who wrote it. Even the origins of the source material are a little mysterious. Anyway, all we know is that Mark and Roma produced it. We wish them well, but at this point, it's clear that while they aren't in the miniseries, we have to ask, are Mark and Burnett and Roma Downey Sr. actually in the Bible? Senior. I mean, they're <laughs> old, but who knew? Other than that, with the possible exception of Outlander, we have taken a vow of silence. Indeed. And as for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I'm being told by Shea Butters that our party people on the Facebook page have arrived drunk tonight. Or that's what it looks <laughs> like their comments are suggesting. We have obscene um, chocolate figurines have already been posted to the page. Regis Harden Jr. is saying he can't hop down the bunny trail because it's covered in bunny shit. So anyway, uh, you know, fascinating things happening tonight on the Facebook page. Excellent. Absolutely. We have something big happening at the dinnerpartyshow.com. It's the most exciting thing. It's only taken us two and a half years. It really, really, <laughs> really has. If you go to the dinnerpartyshow.com, if you go to the left-hand menu and you look all the way down at the, at the uh, list of items, you will see a new seal, and that seal is for Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Woohoo! Do some, do some fanfare. <laughs> Whatever. And that's Jordan Ambersand weighing I'm in on I'm always negative. Yes. We have wanted to do this all along. The internet is all about things that people hate, and we are not in favor of that being the only thing that the internet is about. So we have decided that we wanted to do things that we love. Things that we love. We are recommending. Um, Products. We're recommending movies. We're recommending television shows. We're recommending household items. We're recommending snack. We're foods. recommending things that we love. That we love, and it, and it, telling you why. There's a little bit. We've written up a little bit about them. And absolutely, product reviews, but not normal. They're not really like the reviews we do on the show, which is that's horrible, and we hated it. These are actually reviews of things that we actually 
love, and recommend And we've to wanted you. to do this all along. It just took us two and a half years to get around to it. Well, it took us two and a half years to develop a very user-friendly portion of the site that's easy to use. We will remind people that obviously all of the um, buy links included with these products um, will benefit the show in some way. They're affi- member- we're members of several affiliate programs, so this is a way to try to uh, generate financial support for the dinner party show, which wi- we appreciate. Without and it won't change anything for you. It won't no. change your shopping experience at all. If you like one of the things, you click on it. In fact, if you're planning to shop on Amazon at all, if you go to any page in the lower left-hand corner and click on the gold box, it'll take you to Amazon, and then your whole shopping trip will help support the absolutely the dinner party show. And it won't change your experience at all. No, it won't. It's just it so won't. log in to Amazon.com through the dinner party show from now on, and exactly. we. Really appreciate it. This is your way to express your support as a party person for the Dinner Party Show. We also want to say that if you are signed up for our newsletter, you just received our first ever favorites newsletter blast. And our featured product this month is, I don't even know how to pronounce it, it's L'Occitane Creme. It's your favorite hand cream is what it is. Absolutely. It is my absolute favorite. I love it. It's wonderful. And that's the sort of, it's things that we use all the time. Right. For ourselves, and so we thought we would tell other people about them. Yeah, absolutely. I live for. I've got Lassitan in my pocket right now. Absolutely. And the book that I have recommended is, it, which you will find in the read category of the favorite section, is a book by an indie author named Sarah M. Craddit, and it's called the uh, the Storm and the Darkness. It is. I almost said the name of the series, which is the House of Crimson and Clover. It's it's the, it is a series prequel, but it stands by itself. And as you can see from the review available. On the site, I read it earlier this year, and absolutely, actually, I read it at the end of last year, and I flipped out over it and loved it. So these are products that we sincerely recommend. They're not things that we received packages of here at our studio. Right? No, from. these are just things that we actually use. So we'd love to have packages of them, but not that isn't why we wrote the reviews. Yeah, and you know what? I I, I recommended wheat thins. I, I'm sorry, I just got to own it. I we ha- we have a snack category. We wanted to recommend an item in every category we came up with, and I recommended wheat thins. And my review begins. With what I'm sure will be a classic line, what can you say about wheat thins that hasn't already been said? <laughs> They're thin. They're yeah, wheat. I did say that they, I think they've taken high fructose corn syrup out of them, which is probably a good thing. Is that, move. A, yes, is that a good thing? A Are you happy about that? Yeah, about that? Yeah, I don't know. That just sounds like poison or whatever. Pure sugar poured in there. The thing that I always hear about it is that your your body has no resistance to it. Like, you will never stop eating it. You don't ever get the full signal yeah. if you're eating high fructose corn syrup. You just keep consuming syrup. Sure, sure. Sure, high fructose corn syrup. That's what you sound like when you have too much high fructose corn syrup. That's high fructose disease is what it's called. Mike Martinez is asking if he buys the hand cream. Eric, will you rub it on for him? (laughs) That feels like a giveaway. We'll do the drawing to get hand cream rubbed on you by Eric Quinn. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the next production meeting. Meanwhile, you can imagine that we're rubbing our hand cream on together because I'm doing it right now. Actually, even as we speak, because we started talking about it, so I thought of it and I had to put some on. We get some weird product solicitations on the dinner party show, and you can rest assured that none of them are currently included in the favorites. So, (laughs) also, we talk a lot about Eric Shaw Quinn's homemade cookies on the dinner party show. And so, for every 500 new subscribers we get to our mailing list, and the mailing list is where you will be the first to know about new favorites that are added to the site. Every time we reach 500 new mailing list subscribers, we're going to have a drawing of all of our mailing list people. Of all of our mailing list people. 
and we're going to give away a box of Eric Shaw Quinn's homemade cookies. So there we are. So I think Talitha Wagner just exploded into sugar. Well, but she sugar has to get 500 people to she, sign up. Which go out and give, recruit. Talitha probably can. If you just write, Talitha, put the energy that you're spending writing me about sending you cookies <laughs> into getting other people to sign up for that list, and we'll have 10,000 people on that list. Talitha, you, know you are a secret weapon. You are a secret weapon. And so. We have Easter gifts on the table right now. I'm these are I'm birthday up. presents. Let's see what these are. These are from a listener, a friend of right. the dinner party this show. A friend good our... friend, Dylan Ballard. D- Dylan Duncan Ballard. Our good Ballard. friend whose name we get. Right. Who I'd... Sorry about that, Duncan. I almost fucked up the name of the book I love and am recommending. Okay. Hot Cookie in San Francisco is the label on the bag, and it's... It's the chocolate penis my parents wouldn't let me buy when I was a child. Hold, for, hold it a up for the camera. Has there been we realized. are. Oh, Do that's not really post great. this on Instagram because it will get our account shut down. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they delete Chelsea Handler's pictures, they will surely delete our chocolate penis. This is wonderful. There's something else in here, too. Let's put the chocolate penis up on the table and let's see. Is this another surprise? A little something for later. Ooh, or actually, a, a big su- something for later. Crack cocaine. I was hope Duncan. No, sorry. Um, let's see. Oh, it's underwear. It's red underwear that says hot cookie on it. Wow, we know who our demographic is here at the dinner right? party show. I'm holding it up so that the pictures can be taken. And I'm assuming that your bag has exactly the same. I'm assuming so too. We'll open it at the break, and if there's something else different in there, all right, let's take a picture for the. Uh, We'll okay, we're taking time. a picture. We can't fall silent Wait. because it's a radio show. I know, but there's I, no dead air on a radio show. Doing two things at the same time is really not my strength. <laughs> I'm remembering to stand up straight so as not to get the 37 year old bulge <laughs> in my lower body when we take. Okay, look at the camera. Okay, I'm about done. Uh, there we go. Are you? Yeah. So you're all through with the show. <laughs> no more dinner show. party show. Okay. No more dinner party show. I'll I'm send that home. to um, Shea Butters, and he can maybe put that up on the site. So just for to be clear, if this thank is you, Duncan. First time listening to the dinner party show, we celebrate Easter with chocolate penises and underwear that says hot cookie on them and naked self-promotion. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I'm actually really excited about the favorites thing. It's something we've talked about doing literally since we started the show. Yeah. I'm I'm really, we wanted to do something that was about it being positive. Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to not post negative reviews of things. We may say negative things, God knows, but we're not posting them on the site. But you know, it is true. It's something that we talk about a lot on the show, the the, the sort of... um, I don't know. People people complain about the negativity of the internet usually when a lot of people are disagreeing with them at once. That's usually <laughs> when I'm doing the disagreeing, I'm all about the power of social media. Right? But when I'm being disagreed with, as can happen particularly on Facebook, if you weigh in on a trending topic and you have a public profile and they all come for you at once. But I, I do think it is about um, it is about a positive focus because I think it is easy to try to sharpen your profile on the internet or get more attention by being inflammatory and negative. All of the time. And so here on the Dinner Party Show, we have a new commitment just to be inflammatory and negative, what, like 43% of the time. Does right. That sound right. Well, just when we're on the air. Just when we're talking. <laughs> just when we're talking. Just yeah, no, it's sort of like when President Obama got elected and I started hearing what the other side had to say about him and I thought, oh, dear God, is that how we sounded for the last eight years? You I don't mean know when if we Bush were... was president? Yes. Yeah. I, like, I, I, and it was like, okay, I never want to do that again. If this is how it sounded, I don't ever want to do it. I'm never calling anybody Hitler again. I'm never, you know, like the things that I've observed for the last six years have been like, okay, I'm going to remember not to do this to other people that I disagree with because this yeah. is the pits. And if we all just eat enough wheat thins, right? we'll be fine. 
Right. Be fine. Although you recommend a snack that's actually good for you, but it tastes like chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh my god! Right? It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, the Quest bars. My um, David, my hairdresser. Mm. Um, actually had my the, hairdresser too. Yes. Um, our hairdresser <clears throat> actually recommended our Beverly Hills hairdresser. Um, <laughs> actually recommended them. I was in there. I went in early and I was starving, and he said, "Oh, here, have one of these." And I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, and the ingredients uh, are great. Three grams of net carb and um, tastes like cookie dough. Yeah, chocolate how chip can cookie you beat dough. That? How could that be a bad thing? Yeah, how can you beat that? You can't beat anything really on the dinner party show. So I'm um, coming up in the show. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> this is a throwaway tagline. I wasn't okay. paying attention. Uh, totally. Like Jack Morrissey is here. <laughs> Jack Morrissey. Just throwing is it here. all away. Jack Morrissey is here. I know. I'm so excited. Um, I love Jack. Apparently, we're it's using an older bio of him that Kevin Smith wrote for his podcast. So we'll update his bio once he's in the chair later. <laughs> what does it say? Oh, it says he like cured cancer. Jack and graduated from Jack graduated links. from high school Jack last year. <laughs> a full time person. And hopes Jack to get Morrissey a full time, yeah. enjoys breathing and watching movies. No, he's he's here to talk about the new Hollywood classics, which is we, we're sort of we don't really know how we're defining a new classic. But I'm going to go with an often overlooked, very good movie that was probably made since 1980. I don't know. We'll yeah. talk about that when he gets here. Like, what would we consider new? Because, like, I love my favorite movie is Blade Runner, but. I would call that a new classic, but it is but kind it's of been really actually been status, a yes. long time since Blade Runner came out. Like, you know, How I think long? I was like maybe in college or something. So a really oh, long time, yeah, really long time. Yeah. Remember when I tried to tell you it was the fiftieth anniversary of Jaws? And yeah, and I said, punched you. Calm the fuck down. I was in high school when <laughs> Jaws was out, or... and I don't actually punch people. So no, that didn't really. A happen. light shove and a quick, a smart remark yeah. is more your speed, Eric Chalkwood. So Jack is here. Um, I am sorry to report that after some initial delays, my cats have moved on to their new loving home. And so a farewell message we recorded for them last week will be airing tonight. Finally, But it's it's time for a what's and sure to be, to be concerned. A limousine came to his house and picked them up not, and drove them the to lim- it wasn't a limousine. and drove them. But you make it sound like they died or you had them put. I down said a fire. new and loving home. I didn't mean Jesus took my they cats. moved on. <laughs> they are risen. passed over the resurrection of right? my cats. The cats are arisen. No, they're living in the country. And I think there's an incendiary interview coming up between our fairly imbalanced newsman Breck Ardry and it's a my favorite thing we've Easter ever done. On Show. Figures, it's my so. favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. We'll be back with Jack Morrissey here on the Dinner Party Show. But until then, it's time to watch Peter Cottontail get put in the hot seat. You're listening to the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. We take you to Breck Artery live from the TDPS News World Headquarters. Breck? This is Breck Artery, coming to you live from the TDPS newsroom here at the Dinner Party Show studios on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. Tonight, we have an exclusive interview with the name in everyone's hearts and on everyone's lips on this most sacred of holidays. No, not him. Ladies and gentlemen, and party people all across the diversity spectrum, I give you Peter Cottontail, the Easter Bunny. How are you, Peter? I'm fucking exhausted. Oh, God, sorry. Can I say that here? Looks like you just did. Sorry, dude. It's a big day, you know. And no, no matter how much training you do, it's still a tough gig. Lots of little children to make happy, lots of eggs, so fucking many eggs, and you can't lay them all in advance, you know. (laughs) You lay the eggs? Yeah, and eggs go bad, you know. I have to lay all the eggs for 
all the children around the world in just one month's time. So if these eggs hatched, would there be little rabbits inside? No, Brad. Common misconception, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> nice one. They're chicken eggs. But you're a rabbit. How do you lay chicken eggs? Well, it's the miracle of Easter, Breck. Really? I thought there was a different miracle being celebrated here. It's a season of miracles, Breck. I see. And the egg colors? Another miracle. Though I do have to eat a lot of brightly colored foods throughout the year in order to... Peter, can we cut the charade? I don't know what you're... Isn't it true that Easter has been owned and run by an Eastern syndicate for years? Those charges have never been proved. Is this the kind of gotcha journalism that you've been reduced to on this cockamamie show here? We have documented proof that the whole laying colored egg scam you've been running for years is nothing but a sham perpetrated by you and the International Egg Board on unsuspecting children around the world. Lies! All unproven lies! In fact, what do eggs and bunny rabbits have to do with Easter to begin with? Isn't this just yet another case of yet another sacred religious holiday being co-opted by soulless business interests far more concerned with profits than any spiritual considerations. This is about the children, goddammit! What about the children? Don't bring the children into this! Here is a recording we obtained of you speaking to chocolate bunny speculators about trying to corner the market and fix prices on the must-have items of the season. Roll the tape, Brandon. So, uh, Peter, we got a deal? We'll flood the market with cheap, unimported chocolate with counterfeit Swiss and Belgium label. Yeah, you keep me in carrots and clover, and you can wrap turds in gold foil for all I care. I'll have the little bastards begging for more. They want what I tell them to want. You sure you can pull this off? Are you kidding? I got people high on sugar and hiding eggs in the bushes to celebrate a holiday about surviving capital punishment and escaping from Egypt. I got this, or my name's not Peter J. Cottontail. So, Mr. Cottontail, what do you have to say to these damning revelations? All right, okay, I'll come clean, Breck. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and as you lay this all out, I can see the harm that I'm doing. What are you saying, Peter? I'm saying... What I am saying is... The fact is, Breck, I have a serious problem with artificial food coloring. What? It's true. I started taking it at first primarily just to improve egg color. Uh. A little yellow here, some blue there, red dye number three, five, and some seven. But before long, I was looking for more and more exotic hues, brighter and brighter colors. And then I was dying for the stuff all year round, not just at the holidays. What do you say to people who would say that this is just another of your Easter scams, Peter? I would say that I'm going to be entering a Malibu rehab hutch as a first step toward getting off the performance-enhancing dyes and getting back to the true meaning of Easter. Which is what, exactly? It's about the children, Brock. The children! What are you talking about? I'm talking about a pandemic! Look around you! Artificial food coloring is everywhere! Look at what's happened in the Peeps community! Those little motherfuckers practically glow in the dark! I'm speaking out because if sharing my struggle can help one child to say no to caramel coloring, then it will have been worth it. I am appalled by your shameless performance here today. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yes, yes I am. Well, all I can say is bad rabbit. Very bad rabbit. Until next time, this is Breck Artery wishing you good night and good dinner. That ought to hold the little bastards till next year. The uh, mic is still on, Peter. This is bullshit, Breck. I came in here good faith for this holiday puppies, and you ambushed me with this shit! It's a news interview, Peter. Fuck you, Breck! Fuck you! Hippity hop, little rabbit. And where do you get off calling me bad rabbit, huh? Where the fuck do you
you get off? Oh, that's fine. Coming from you? It's all about the children? Where do you fucking get off? Fuck you, fucker! Happy bunny trails to you, you Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. And now it's time for a special message from my co-host, Christopher Rice. What the hell is this about? Good evening, party people. I'm still Christopher Rice, and this week I sent my cats, Cotton and Morgan, to a new loving home. For several years, I've been suffering from serious allergies. And after some scratch testing that made me feel like an eight-year-old, it turned out the only allergy I have is to cat dander, which was disappointing. First, because it meant I was allergic to my own cats... Second, because it meant I wasn't allergic to something Eric wears, which meant there was one less thing for me to criticize him about on the dinner party show. I guess there was a part of me that truly believed if I accepted the other sacrifices of cat ownership, my own allergies to my little guys would eventually go away. Sacrifices like hot guys who wouldn't stay in my apartment long enough to have sex because one whiff of my sofa caused ropes of snot to sprout from their nostrils or the way my vintage reading chair turned into a scratching post and now looks like a costume from the original Broadway production of Les Miserables, or the crying, the constant, inexplicable whining and crying which is solved by neither food nor water. But suffering through all of these did nothing to open up my nasal passages or stop the sudden onslaught of hives when I made the mistake of cradling the cats in my lap while wearing boxer shorts. It wasn't the easiest of decisions, But eventually I came to terms with the fact that my cats needed a new home. First I tried close friends with no luck. Then I took the risky step of putting an ad on Facebook featuring a picture of my boys in one of their better, sleepier moments. The response to my Facebook post was overwhelming, but it was not without its pitfalls. Like the total stranger who accused me of faking my allergies just so I could quote, dump my cats, I, in turn, accused her of baking neighborhood children into pies and suggested she might be in a better mood if she went and fucked herself. Because on the internet, baseless speculation is really probing insight. The ad also produced a healthy share of unsolicited suggestions for allergy treatments, despite my assurances that everything I tried either made me physically sick or reduced me to a quivering, compulsively masturbating pile of rage and despair. But at the end of the day, thanks to the ad and the amazing number of people who commented on it, I was eventually able to find a warm and loving new home for Cotton and Morgan. Because the thing is, you see, these guys are ragdoll cats. And that means when they cry and whine, it's not because they're thirsty and hungry, it's because they want to be held. And they need to be in a home with someone who will be able to hold them and love them without sneezing in their face. Cotton, it's been almost seven years since my mother hid you in my closet at Christmas time with a strand of holiday bells around your neck. Seven years since your visit to the vet where you literally backed up and sat down on the thermometer like a Mormon at a West Hollywood bathhouse. Morgan, it's been almost six years since your former owner, 
who had you a year but never named you, brought you to my house in a suitcase, and you spent the next three days staring at me in cotton like we had murdered your entire family. Six years since you managed to lock yourself in my guest bedroom, and the locksmith who came to get you out said, I've never seen a cat do this in all my years as locksmith. Together, the two of you have seen me through several relationships and many seasons of several television shows, gazing vacantly at the first season of American Horror Story, sometimes rising up onto your haunches at the weird sound effect that started off every episode of Lost. And maybe the time has come to tell you that yes, I did lock you out of the room most nights because it freaked me out when you stared at me while I was watching porn. But now you're off to begin a new chapter of your lives, and I'm going to begin a new chapter in mine. I'm confident you'll soon come to love your new owner as much as you've loved me, which means you'll become experts at fighting your way into his bathroom whenever he takes a crap, too. Goodbye, Cotton. Goodbye, Morgan. I'll miss you both very much. You've proven that everything they say about ragdoll cats is true. You love unconditionally, and I've never seen you be mean to someone. Unless that someone is a housefly or a bird perched outside the window, in which case you're both total dicks. But we all have our weaknesses. Mine are usually Puerto Rican and too young for me, so who am I to judge? The point is, I love and will miss you both, but I'm confident you'll be better served by an owner who can better serve you. Also, I need my guest bedroom back, in case I never meet that special someone and have to break down and hire a houseboy. Well... That was very moving. Where do I find a houseboy? Shut up, Christopher. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Jack Morrissey is here. And what did you just say under your breath before we came back? <laughs> gay podcast. Gay podcast. Gay cast. Gay Podcasters. <laughs> Known homosexuals. Known. Eric Shaw Quinn Noted. and Christopher Rice. Noted Known bag. homosexuals. Our show is for everyone who enjoys a good chocolate penis. Okay. Or a egg salad sandwich. <laughs> you are not eating any of your sandwiches. I'm not, I'm not eating any of them. As opposed to last time I was here, I you ate everything. I ate every cookie, that's for sure. Did you? Is there some, like, are you on, like, it's Lent is over now, right? So that's not it. Are you on some fast or something that allows you to only drink cayenne pepper? It's the no ice cookie fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's, I think that's probably Do you understand that our party people would kill for a plate of these cookies that you are passing over currently? Well... And that's why we have Indiegogo, right? <laughs> that's why we have Kickstarter. That's why if we add 500 new people to the mailing list, we're going to have a giveaway for a box of Eric Shawquin's cookies. That's right. Jack. Always be selling. You're here to discuss the allegations. No, I'm just kidding. You're exactly. here to discuss new Hollywood classics. <laughs> we have a bio for you on our site, which I'm hearing is outdated. Oh, my Lanta. Which calls you a self-described film geek. Well, no, wasn't the term self-confessed? Con- <laughs> I've confessed to nothing. Self-confessed. My yeah. lawyer um, yeah. denies yeah, exactly. all of these allegations. <laughs> exactly. The point is that you're here because you know absolutely everything there is to know about movies. And Completely you untrue. And, uh, I and, was available. Yeah, yeah Joan that Collins is true. backed out on us, and so we said, Jack, will you come is on? Is that no. true? No, that's no, not true at all. Absolutely not. Not true at all. We actually thought of you because we wanted to. We thought, well, movies would be one of the things we'd want to try and review on the site, and who would be a great person to bring on to talk about movies, and yours was the only name we discussed. This We planned as opposed this to 
and we delayed uh, Adam Robitel, who was here last week, who actually makes them. Yeah, no, you are actually making them. You're the producer on two I'm movies. I'm producing, but Adam Robitel wrote and directed. That's true. And I presume goes to see movies. <laughs> anyway, I we're going to go, go around far. and around. I you go, go to far. see movies. One of my favorite go movie-going experiences that I've ever had was your Sometimes. personal screening of... Oh God, the uh, Dream it's, Girls! It's oh God, forgetting night. Dream Girls. You 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 set aside a theater <laughs> at the Grove, and we you had your yeah. friends come to a screening, and that I was, was nice. I got counted as your one of your friends, which I was. I couldn't nice. fucking. And in Hollywood, go. yeah. What else do you want? Right to be counted as one of my friends? Uh, yeah, right. I was I mean, for a night. I wasn't at this screening. I think I was out of town or whatever. I think I, I was, was actually. I'm Adam sure you Robitel's. Were Adam. <laughs> I think you were Adam Robitel's plus one. Adam <laughs> Robitel directed the taking of Deborah Logan. He was on our show last week. You can download that podcast from our archive. But we're here. We and are by really Deborah here. Logan on our website. Yes, we are really here Such though to talk movie. to you uh, to you about um, stuff that you're doing. You're producing. Uh-huh. A live action Beauty and the Beast, which your partner Bill Condon is directing. Correct. Uh, he's and that's a- out when? Uh, two years from now, March 2017. <laughs> so we have plenty of time. So we're going to have you a, back a every wait. three weeks to promote the imminent release and of Beauty and the Beast. Every time we make a new but casting this announcement. July. This July. Is Mr. Holmes starring Ian McKellen as a 93 year old Sherlock Holmes retired to his bees down in Sussex? Uh, in the south of England, based on the novel A Slight Trick of the Mind by Mitch Cullen. Oh, wow. Adapted by the screenwriter Jeffrey Hatcher and Very directed cool. by the aforementioned Bill Condon. Yes. I just win, 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 win. I can't wait. It's pretty good. I can't wait. I can't wait. It yeah, looks amazing. And if anyone who's listening to our show is an unforgivable rube, Bill Condon, <laughs> your partner, from the Tulies, won the Oscar for his screenplay of Gods and Monsters, which he also, also directed. directed. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this was in the, the, let's call it the pre Dustin Lance Black era where it was uh, unconventional right for, for an Oscar winner to be openly gay, and he embraced you, his partner, it was a little. Audience. It was a little taste of the Tony Awards, the Academy <laughs> Awards. Yeah. Without, and they, without and they, Triumph, uh, the Credit Dog, or whatever. ABC could not cut away from that embrace fast enough. <laughs> we have the frames to prove it. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's... But I did come in with breaking news. Oh, what? From the waiting room. <gasps> Courtesy of From our old friend room. Twitter, uh-huh. which is that within the last hour, uh-huh. while you guys were bouncing around in your echo chamber, uh-huh. yes. David Lynch announced through a series of tweets, I won't even attempt to, the, to do his distinctive voice, Good. maybe a little. A little. All right. Dear Twitter friends, yeah, that's... Showtime did not pull the plug on Twin Peaks. Oh. After one year and four months of negotiations, I left because not enough money was offered to do the script the way I felt it needed to be done. This weekend, I started to call actors to let them know I would not be directing. Twin Peaks may still be very much alive at showtime. I love the world of Twin Peaks and wish things could have worked out differently, which is blowing up all over Twitter right now. Well, like, what Negotiating is Twin Peaks in the press? without David Lynch? Like, what is that? What is wow. it? Wow, yeah. what a yeah, What does that look like? Yeah. So you think he's? Do, you think it's a? It's a ploy that he's trying to? I think there's shame them into bringing back, coming back to the table and coming yeah. up with some more cash for the script. 
Because yeah, negotiating in the press, there's at least a fifty-fifty chance that he's negotiating in the press. Okay, all that's right. actually how we get all home improvements done now. Like, yeah, you can, the only way to get repair people to actually come to your house is to begin tweeting about their parent company. Yeah, so you start saying shitty things about Time Warner Cable, and somebody will suddenly show true? up at your house. Yeah. Yes, yeah, AT and T, Time Warner. We've been. I've given up on trying to actually talk to them and ask for their help. If you start tweeting wow. about them, they actually show up and do something. They yeah. have two teams, right? They have their actual repair team. That's supposed to help you, and then they have their social media team, which monitors all mentions of them on really? social media. And if they decide you're a big enough threat, or right. that you can make some real shit for them online, that's great. One team will call the other team and try to get something done. It's how we got a cable install here at the dinner party show done after four or five hours of yeah, Eric. Was it driving me crazy? Brandon yeah. was sitting here. But waiting, let's but let's yes. give you let's give you credit, Eric. You are the man who actually forced Dell Computer to honor a warranty that they were refusing to honor, and you did it without the aid of social media. That's right. It was before Just the days of social by media. By being Eric Shaw Quinn. My favorite was I got British Telecom <laughs> to assign me my own vice president. You are terrifying. I could actually call him at his office when I had a problem because their customer service people could no longer deal with me at all. <laughs> or Eric the, does uh, the British. Was it the aphorism for Eric Shaw Quinn? Or I, I totally fucked that up. But <laughs> charisma, uniqueness, <laughs> nerve, talent. Charisma, See you next Tuesday, Eric Shaw. Nerve, <laughs> talent, I love it. That works. That's yeah. going to be the new name of our show. I owe Bill I, Kramer at the Academy for that. Excellent. Okay, so we asked you to come in with two movies which you felt qualified as at new least, Hollywood classics. Talk at least about as many two. As you right. want about. We're all going to talk about movies. So that's it. You can't talk about any more. That's it. Stop exactly. talking. Exactly. And two, one please. of those movies was happened to be my personal favorite, which I had completely forgotten, which was Fearless, directed <laughs> by so much Peter Weir. Well, I wasn't going there. You remember you had this, and when I told you before the show, you were like, oh, Fearless by Peter Weir. But yes, yeah. As opposed to, to Fearless starring Jet, Jet Li. Jet which is not the same movie. Is, no. Not the same movie at all. Is no. that the movie? No, no, that's a different movie. <laughs> that's a story. It's a, it's a that's an off the air. We'll story. tell that story okay. in the plus show. How does yes, that sound? That's the, that's the after hours. Edition. Now every, everyone's going to be on the Facebook page. Yeah. What was that story? I'll Eric tell was the story tell eventually, but not tonight. Fearless. Fearless with Jeff Bridges and Rosie Perriers. Yes, <laughs> Rosie Perriers, huh? Rosie. Jeff Bridges, Tom Hulse. Um, speaking of Isabella Rossellini, David Lynch. Yeah. Yep. Um, Amazing film. Yeah, Rosie Perez, who I right. think got nominated. I think she did get nominated, yeah. Um, yeah, directed by Peter Weir from the novel by Rafael Iglesias. Iglesias, yes. Cinematography by your... My cousin, cousin Alan Davio. Alan Davio, who yes. shot E.T. Ah, and Empire absolutely. of the Sun for... And The Color Purple for Mr. Spielberg. That's correct. correct. That is correct. Nice credits. Great credits. Right. Yeah. Was that the only time he worked with Peter Weir? Do you know? I think it was the only time he worked with Peter Weir. And, an and I think I, the story I remember shot. being told is that the budget on the movie was reduced because they went with Jeff Bridges and not a right. bigger star. Right. So it, the movie is about a plane huh. crash. It's about the survivors of a major commercial aviation disaster. Which, right. which goes down in a cornfield. But it's field. about yeah. the way in which fear affects and manages our lives. It, it's a really amazing piece of work. It's I, a great, I, great movie. Just within the last year or so, finally, finally released to Blu-ray. Yes. Oh, God. And not just released to Blu-ray. What that means is the DVD that Warner Home Video ha had out for decades was actually pan and scan. It wasn't even letterboxed. Oh, God. So finally, um, 
it got the respect that it deserves from Warner Home Video. And the the novel was brought out as an ebook. I believe is that I so? think it was Open Road, which is a big digital publisher, got the rights to the novel and, and brought it out. I think it was either That's out of print or you had to locate used copies of it. Right. I haven't actually read the novel, right. but I've seen the movie many times. I think times. the author did the screenplay adaptation himself. I believe so. Yes, yep. he did. Golly. Yeah. Why why is it uh, for you? Why is it a, a new classic? Well, the premise is so brilliant. It it's it is about a few people who who survived this airline crash, but it's obviously centered around the Jeff Bridges character. Um, he loses, he completely loses all sense of fear, having survived what he was convinced was, as he puts it, the moment of his death. Right. Um, how that changes him, how that changes his relationships with his wife, his kid, his business partner, uh, who did not survive the crash. Right. Mm-hmm. He has an ongoing relationship with his business partner's wife, Platonic. But um, Tom Hulse plays his attorney. It's just an unbelievably um, beautifully observed tone poem, which makes it sound like a slog. But is no, absolutely not. not. It's There's one of those, along with Cloud Atlas, it's a movie that sort of, yeah. it could change your life. Yeah. If you intersect with it in the right way that, by the way, it's not just me. There are, you know, I could call 50 people within an hour on the phone and they would all cite Fearless as one of the great, great, great unheralded movies from the late 1980s. And one of the great movies, if not the great movie, along with, say, Dead Poet Society, Witness, and Mosquito Coast um, well, even no picnic at Hanging Rock. I mean, Peter Weir, the, the Australian film director, is really yeah, an absolute, let's not use the G word, but he's very, very, very talented. Very talented, very talented. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Remarkable. Master you you also mentioned Cloud Atlas, which is, I think, we were preparing some movie recommendations God, here, and I, I love, love that Love and movie Adore. Too. I've seen it literally But talk about a, di- a divisive times. film. I mean, you either get on yeah. board with that movie or you don't. Yeah. I, I think it's challenging for... People who have well, a very like the sort Nazis. Of, well, no, I think it's clear you're, you're a Nazi. either right or you're wrong. <laughs> you either get it or you missed it. Is it is either your Bless. Nazi propaganda film or you. But I mean, people get hostile about that movie. Yeah. I, I will say, if you were, if you come, if you were saturated, I think in a heavily Christian background, and the idea of reincarnation kind of butts up against a, your skull, not right. necessarily in a bad way. If you just right. can't wrap your head around that idea. The movie seems like a muddled, confusing mess. But if you have a part of you that sort of believes that that is possible, which I do, or that anything is possible, lives, yeah, 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 I think it sinks in. I just thought it was was fantastic. Yeah, it was really. It. Yeah. it it is my favorite topic. What is the nature of life? That is my favorite movie topic. Yeah. yeah. What is the nature of life? It's why I love Matrix from the same people because they talk about what is the actual nature of life and it's so up for grabs. And why should it be just these two things that have been preached? Well, and these are studio movies. Interestingly, all three of them either financed or co-financed by Warner Brothers, Mm. Cloud Atlas, Fearless, and The Matrix, that all do deal with themes of here we go, Easter Sunday, Resurrection. Mm. It's all Mm -hmm. particularly Mm -hmm. fearless. Yeah. Um, but as you say, the reincarnation uh, underpinnings of Cloud Atlas are all sort of pivoting on resurrection, but not in an ostentatious way. It's weird to me. I've never really heard anybody take that specific issue with it, mm-hmm. with Cloud Atlas, because uh, reincarnation is sort of so familiar in pop culture. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who don't go for it just think it's a badly made movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they, they can't get on board with the the, uh, the story tone telling. of certain performances in certain sections of that movie. But there was a part of me that was instinctively looking for the thematic cross threads that moved from life to life. Whenever I saw an actor playing the same character, right. I said, "Oh, it's a, it's that's the same person on right. a journey." And there were little and clues. So I was sort of but, there were clues, yeah. right? And I was trying to piece together the narrative in that way. Whereas other people looked at the movie and just saw a chock a block collage yeah. of of stuff that didn't seem to add up to anything for them. It is it is a film that really is demanding. It's the Sort of, I like to be engaged in that way. But like, very entertaining You have to pay attention well. and you have to look. It's you not have yeah. to punishing. No, no. It's epic. It's engaging. It's literally really, epic. Yeah. Really By the Wachowskis of... and Tom Tickwer, I think is the yes. correct pronunciation of the right. third co-director, uh, embedded in the multiple storylines of Cloud Atlas, a movie that none of us had any idea we'd be discussing 10 minutes <laughs> right? ago, yes. is one of the great, if not the great filmed uh Gay love stories of all time yes. with Ben Wishaw and James Darcy. Yes, absolutely. That is an amazing. Really, and could literally just remove that storyline from the movie. And how often have we seen a gay love story filmed at that production level? Because the it's whole incredible. movie is a major studio film yeah. with a huge yeah. budget, and in there is this Astonishing gay storyline cast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the other movie that you did plan to talk about is called Running on Empty, and it also was directed by I Sidney Lumet, paid for by Warner Brothers in the late 1980s, directed by Sidney Lumet. Screenplay by Naomi Foner, who is mother to Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal, ex-wife of Stephen Gyllenhaal, who directed Waterland, starring Jeremy Irons, which is another brilliant, brilliant movie from that period. Um, This is a movie about uh, Judd Hirsch and Christine Lottie play a husband and wife who were sort of radicals in the like late 1960s, exactly, plumbers or something. Um, set off uh, a small incendiary device at sort of a chemical plant mm-hmm. and had to go on the run with their two young sons, and they've been running ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, The oldest of the two, played by River Phoenix, is now in high school and doesn't necessarily want to keep running anymore. Right. Phoenix was nominated... Uh, Naomi Foner was nominated for her screenplay. It's an absolutely, it's one of the all-time great performances by any actor, period, from River Phoenix. Excellent. And we're going to talk about it some more. We're just going to take a short break, and then we will be back here on The Dinner Party Show with full-time film geek Jack Morrissey. How dare you. (laughs) I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the dinnerpartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too. You can visit Christopher and Eric's Favorites at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site. And remember, if you use any of the buy links on thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. 
Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we are discussing the new Hollywood classics with full-time film geek. Confessed. Jack Morrissey. Confessed. film geek. Film geek Jack Morrissey. <laughs> and we were talking about his um, new classic favorite, Running on Empty. Running on Empty. With River Phoenix. And we've also talked about Fearless, directed by Peter Weir. And we, in a surprise move, all loved Cloud Atlas, directed by the- Who saw that this coming? This totally Larry, has the tone Lena of like- Wachowski, yeah. Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, absolutely. And in a Totally surprised. Two big thumbs up for Cloud Atlas. (laughs) Next week, we'll be back. There's even a thumbs up on our favorites logo. (laughs) Absolutely. Positive focus here on the Dinner Party Show. We're all sick of being trolled on the internet. We love. So uh, we were we had just started to talk about running on empty, but the, you were giving us the broad outline of the plot, and yeah. uh, along with the detail that Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal's mother wrote the screenplay. Yeah, that was I yes. didn't know that. Yep. So why 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 is it that you picked this one for one of your new classics? What's Unbelievably the- moving story of this uh, adolescent boy finding his own identity and starting to uh, partially through a relationship with uh, the actress Martha Plimpton. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they were also involved together on set during that period um, is uh, m- much like his mother again played by Christine Lottie is a musical prodigy on the piano specifically he auditions for and wins a uh, place at Juilliard and so now given his obvious talent can he go off and become uh, who he could potentially be at Juilliard or Instead, does he have to keep uh, pulling up stakes every two years? Right, hide who he when is. When the FBI, which has never stopped pursuing the case of his parents, uh, gets wind to their latest potential location. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great, great, great movie. And here again, sort of when you asked me to talk about two movies that I thought were you know, new Hollywood masterpieces or whatever. It's like, you're not going to... Just a Google search of Peter Weir's Fearless again specifically or mm-hmm. Sidney Lumet's Running on Empty will turn up pretty much the con- very consistent opinions right. uh, on these two movies. Less so Cloud Atlas. At the risk of making us all <laughs> sound like curmudgeon old, old farts, Jack, do they make movies like this anymore? <laughs> uh... Well, they certainly make Cloud Atlas. <laughs> no, I'm talking two or about three years right, ago. Right, but I'm talking about Fearless um, and Running on Empty. No, these are so-called tweeners that have mostly gone to cable television now. Yeah, which is where they get made because the audience literally just either takes its sweet time. The audience of grown-ups takes its sweet time going to the movie theater to support these films. They all get backloaded into the fourth quarter of any calendar year, which we've come to know as, as award season. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they don't show up at all. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's, and I think sometimes, I think the answer is to some degree, sometimes they do get made, but nobody sees them. They would, right. There was a film a couple of years ago called The Valley of Elah, which I think was mm-hmm. so far the best movie about our experience with the Iraq war that's that's been made to date. It was made by it's Paul, it's Paul, Paul Haggis after his. Win for Oscar, win right. for Crash, I think. Right, and it was like, other than Tommy Lee Jones' nomination, the film was pretty much ignored, Yeah, and nobody went to see it, and I just happened to see it, and it was like, wow, yeah. that's yeah. really an amazing it piece of work. So occasionally film. I think they do get made, and 
nobody ever knows. That. Absolutely. They I, just fly. They just do you think away. that movie was in particular, and this was a lot of armchair wisdom about this, but like no Iraq-based movie did well. Like it was almost like people just couldn't go there. That was the conventional wisdom in Hollywood. It was you like nobody what? wants to see an Iraq movie. I actually right now. think that Iron Man was the first successful <laughs> Iraq based movie. That's interesting. Yeah. It's it was the first idea. time that we could actually feel good about yeah. that horrible situation. Yeah. yeah. And if Iraq and Afghanistan are kinda of, kinda of, sort of where the multiplex and Victor Villa is concerned, the same thing. Right. Yeah, American Sniper is really the first uh, breakout yeah, you're yeah. Right. mega you're success. Right. Yeah coming from those current conflicts Absolutely. from that world. Well, Jack Morrissey, thank you very much for joining us this evening. You're welcome. I'm sorry to say we're out of time here on our discussion of the new Hollywood classics. We do want to remind our party people that next week is You're the Guest, the spring break edition. That is when you, our party people, are the most important guests on the Dinner Party Show. So call our party line at 323-PEZ-TDPS and <laughs> leave us a message describing your perfect spring break. Right, either a fantasy one or one that you actually had. Absolutely. Mine is, the, mine is Cloud Atlas. That's my perfect spring break. Multiple <laughs> lives slipped in the, in the course of two hours. Being Plus turned HPV. Into, absolutely. Being turned into food for your, your compatriots. Absolutely. Like, yeah, that sounds lovely. So we are going to be posting entries about the movies we discussed tonight on the new favorite section at thedinnerpartyshow.com. So sign up for our newsletter and check the favorite section often. Excuse me, I almost didn't get those words out. And we will have more goodies for you there at least once a month, at least. Until then, thank you, Jack, for coming. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. I'm Christopher Thanks for the Rice. cookies I did not eat. You're very welcome. I'm going to eat them as soon as Take you step home. out of the studio, right after we snap our picture with you in the lobby. That's the rule. At any rate, until next week, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks. I've been to a marvelous party.